because I was on a visitor visa, you know, there was a question, if we want to stay together, we have to either, you know, get married because we can't go every six months back and forth. And that's what we did. Hey, when a, when a Jewish guy, divorced Jewish guy goes to live in Germany, I met her older sister, Minna, and she goes, so what's it feel like to be Jew? Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Michael and Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you guys are coming to us remotely from Austin. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. That's awesome. Well, before we get into your story, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? How old are you? What do you do for a living? And, and how long have you been together? Okay. I'm Stephanie and I'm uh, 53, almost 54. And what was it? Oh, I'm a teacher's assistant in the uh, elementary school where David and Moritz, our kids, went to. And I'm doing this now almost 18 years, Great. working special education, helping kids learn. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm originally from Germany. I'm the out of a family of 10, and I'm number 10. Wow. And I have a, and I have a twin sister. So my parents had eight kids, and then two and a half years later, they, she got pregnant again, and it was two instead of just one. <laughs> <laughs> She's lucky at the end there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like Eugenie probably thought, who one more, two more, who cares? After eight, it doesn't make a difference anymore. I would think different times. So I'm Michael, and I'm going to be 62 this year. And Stephanie and I met in Germany when I went to. A friend invited me to go to his bakery to go work outside of Paderborn in Uvelhof. So it's in the northwest part of Germany where the beer is really good and the bread is great. And, you know, it's it's like farm country, sort of, more. Like, not yeah, Paderborn. Yeah, like it's like, it's like <laughs> living in, in Wisconsin, I would say. You know, cold in the morning, not real long summers, but nice. We met at a disco. You know, like while I was working, we you go to work at 
2.33 in the morning and you're done by noon. And then by three o'clock, if you don't take a nap to go out that night, which, you know, usually happened, we would go out and drink because that's all they did, you know, similar. And then we went to it after we were through at the bar, we went to a disco. Okay. Okay. What year was that? And then we what went, year eighty uh, oh. nine? And Go and ahead. you were studying in Germany. You're baking. Yeah. Is that is that what you do now? Currently, now I have a well. We sure we still bake, but I do. I have a, a small little chain of pizza restaurants in Austin. Eastside pies. Eastside pies. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, we bake still, and I'm right now. I'm at home doing learning about sourdough and doing breads and bagels and yeah that's the trying, problem when yeah. you want to lose weight because <laughs> the fresh bread is right out of the oven oh god yeah I, i'm working on fermented stuff so you know sourdough is fermented i'm making my own yeast i'm doing canning or jarring or whatever they call it now veggies from our garden and you know we have a nice big yard with a lot of veggies and yeah. You know, friends with farmers from work. So it all just sort of worked together. Right. And the funny thing is, I know how we met, is because Thomas is Michael's friend. They uh, Thomas worked in uh, Houston. In Dallas. In, Del- uh, in Texas. Texas, whatever. It doesn't make a difference. And my sister at this time, she studied in Italy. And when she comes on vacation, we would go out first. You know, the same thing. First the bar bar closes you go dancing and and i knew thomas's brother better andreas. andreas and then you just get together and that's where we start talking to each other now michael did you speak german a bisschen <laughs> yeah but you know bisschen but i mean my english was great either so it's perfect match there yeah <laughs> no i mean it was it's fun i'm just getting to talk and dance a little bit too and then two weeks later on accident i met him in a, one of the bars I might yeah, yeah. i don't know and i remember that and um, just I from there we were and then from there we just met up a couple times and then then he cooked for me once that was it yeah my um and i thought oh i better catch this guy somebody cooking at the Hegeman Bakery, which at the time was really popular in the area. Hegeman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was popular, and it was like in its zenith, you know, where the it's been open for 25 years, and now the kids are sort of running it, and, and I got to work there. I mean, I was 30, 30 years old. Yeah, I think yes. I was just turning 30 that year. 88. No, I was 30 going on 31. 39. 30. Yeah, but you were... Uh, 30. It was 80, 89. Whatever, yeah, 89. Anyway, uh, I was going to be 31 in October. It was my grandma's 80th birthday, and I had to come <laughs> home. What was it about each other that you fell in love with? Well, I mean, it, hey, it has to start with the way she looked, right? I mean, there has to be some... How do you guys get together? You know, you look at each other. Oh, well, and then you talk and, you know, as long as you don't talk like you're an idiot, you know. Okay, I have to say the first one, you know, in the the disco, I'm like, "Mm -hmm." 
you know, he doesn't talk too much stupid stuff. I, I that's true. I that's what I thought. No, really was. Yeah, I would say, you know, we just, like worked, we just got along really well. I would say, you know, like he when he picked me up to go out, he would open the door. That's not very often either that anybody opens the door for you. I mean, cooking. So and then it was his were, chivalry. Chivalry, yes. yes. And we were actually just, what is it, maybe six weeks, seven weeks together. And then you went back to America. Florida. I went to Miami. And so we were... Six months. I, I, finished my, I finished my college in Germany first. And then we talked a lot and we wrote letters a lot during that time. And then in yes. January, February, I finished my college and then I flew to... Miami, and we stayed there until we got married. In December. How many months were you apart? Six, seven months. How was that for both of you? It was fine. A lot of high uh, phone bill. (laughs) (laughs) Back then, it was like, oh, you have to find, I think it was MCI or something. And it was like a dollar a minute. Wow. To work for half a week just to pay for the bill. (laughs) <laughs> and you stayed with Carol yeah. at that time? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was staying at Carol's. Right. They were in Daytona, and I was living at their house. Oh, and but, I worked oh, okay. at Jean's yeah. Catering. Yeah, and then uh, I came to America, and, the, and he picked me up from the airport, and right away dropped me. You know, we went right away in, to visit Carol, you know, in uh, in Miami, and there were everybody. I'm like, oh. You know, I, my English wasn't so super good at that time. And, and for our listeners, Carol is your aunt, correct? Yes. Yes. And and so when, Stephanie, when you came to the U.S. at that time, yeah. were was the plan for you to be here for good? No, we just, it was more like checking it out. You know, I mean, if we've been for six, seven months, long distance kind of deal and just hanging out and playing tennis a lot, and I came here to uh, learn English. <laughs> you went to school? <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I went to ling- uh, Lingua. in Lingua, a little commercial there. And Miami and was so was, much fun. Yes. And we had the best time. Yes. You know, and then we stayed, we were together there for like 10 months, and then either, because I was on a visitor visa, you know, there was a question, if we want to stay together, we have to either, you know, get married because we can't go every six months back and forth. And that's what we did. And my mother, three of my sisters came and uh, my sister with her baby, Angelica, came and stayed with us. So, Was your age difference an issue for either of you? No. No. No, I mean, it's eight years age difference. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, ours no. is seven. Yeah. Sometimes. Seven, six, <laughs> something six, seven, something like that. In the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when did your family meet Michael? Michael, okay. The first time that my mother, because at that time, you know, when we met, I stayed, lived still with my mother and... That was pretty funny because the first time my mother met him, you were, did she come in and you, I was you were, she was, he was sleeping on the sofa. 
in the family and, room. Yeah, not family, uh, living room. Yeah. And yeah, first of all, you know, he looked already much older because he didn't have hair on his head. And his pants were ripped. And no, but I mean. Hey, I still have the same pants on. No, yes. <laughs> new one. Still holds. So she, yeah. so she thought you were like a homeless guy or something, like sleeping in her oh. living room? But, you know, he set up, I mean, he, you, you know, he polite, for sure. So um, he, she was okay. I mean, what can she say? I mean, I was 22, 23, you know, naturally she was like, oh, God, this old dude. <laughs> <laughs> 30 years later. Yes. No, but, you know, he, she loves you now, for sure. Yeah. How did you guys decide which country to live in? So your mother. Oh, <laughs> No, I mean, I think it had also something to do that Michael always wanted a, a business. It took him a while, but always wanted a business. And it seems to be easier to open up a business here in America. You know, in Germany, you have to have a master degree to open a business. Really? I don't know how it is now, but at that time, 30 years ago, you know, you cannot just have money and open up something. You have to have an education to do that. Wow. I did not know that. So, I mean, I don't know I would how it say is that now. it's the same still. You have to have it to open a bakery. You have to have a master baker to have a pastry shop in the bakery. You have to have a master pastry chef in the bakery up front in the, in the section that you sell. You have to have a master for cofferer. And then you have to have a bookkeeper that is a you know like a master yeah, bookkeeper. But you, but you have if you, you know what to do you don't have to i don't know about that part now but i do know that's the only way you're going to get money from a bank or anyone's going to rent to you is if you have to have all these things and and you have to have a business plan you can't just have an idea yeah. they have to know that you know what you're doing you can't just have a, a seller filled out you know like a bar and open up your little yeah it is it's different i i think um <laughs> and here with that so here you could be anything and then tomorrow be something else do you guys have an engagement story engage we we don't have it no what do you mean engagement well we had to get married you know like if there was a reason to get married her being from germany and me being from here and how are we going to stay together? The only, we got, we... You know what, but but, but there's one thing. I mean, we, in, in Paderborn, I don't know, we were at a, was it a, not a new, some kind of party in the opera thingy there, what we have there. And Michael, I remember that Michael had asked me there, I mean, you know, we were just girlfriend, boyfriend, but Michael asked, no, said something like, I want you to be the mother of my children. Wow. And that, I remember that. And I thought, yeah, I mean, uh, I can see that, you know, being that. But that was just in between. I don't know. Maybe we were too, too drunk or whatever that I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so so your proposal, that wasn't, was that, there anything formal about that? Okay. The proposal as of proposal, I would say there was when you picked me up from the airport and you said, I will something, or we were on on the way to Grandma Len and I don't know who. And you said I would marry from right now. And I I remember saying, you know, saying, you know, wait a second, I let's 
hold on here. We, I just arrived, you know, something in that direction. And it took like 10, 10 months. Hey, she still gives me not, goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there wasn't definitely saying, oh, Stephanie, do you want to get married? I mean, no. I'm not that no. guy. And we just, we, I mean, I got my Anführungsstriche engagement ring on our 25th anniversary. I've we never, I never had an engagement ring before. So, and I thought at that time, I thought 25th, I thought, okay, I'm turning 50 and 25 years, we could spend some money. That's okay. Worth it. <laughs> so, it was just kind of a verbal agreement then. Yeah. Well, yeah. More, more like, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if we want to stay together, then we get we have to get we have to get married. That's that's our love. Yeah, thing. you know, practical. Obviously, it's not a matter of uh, convenience. I mean, even if it is, because this is the only way we're going to be able to stay together. Is it a convenience? Well, I mean, for us, it was. Yeah. You know, from outside looking at us, you know, it's a lot different. My uncle's a lawyer. Which you know, and what do we do? You oh, here's a name of an attorney I know. So you call him up, and he goes, "Well, it's going to be about ten thousand dollars." And I'm just going, "Yeah, right." What the, the to, to go be, become an You can do it yourself. Okay, that's a different story, right? But they, well, we called someone, and they said it was a lot of money to get. If we got married in the United States to for immigration for to get your green card, we went to Germany. When Stephanie went back for college, no, to, that was to do the the uh, apprenticeship or whatever. Right, but that was when we yes. filed for in Frankfurt at the army base, or no, at the consulate, consul general yeah. in Germany. Frankfurt. We in Frankfurt, we went there and filled out the paperwork, and when we were done, it was three hundred bucks. No, the funny thing. Four is, months later, she had a green card. Oh wow. No, thing is with that is also that that uh, if we had the paperwork we paid 60 bucks for every stupid form right something like this and they said if you make a mistake you have to buy a new form in germany we went to the consulate and uh, we had made a mistake and they went chuk, 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 you know uh, whited it out and wrote it over it so you doing know? doing the immigration process on the german side was much easier yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. I mean, I don't know what it is now. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's got to be impossible. I don't know if you have to pay for the forms there. That I don't know because we had gotten the. We had first planned to do this in in Miami, so we paid for all these forms and filled it out. And but to actually go through with it, there you said you know, and they you can see this here too that that you have to have a lawyer and blah 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 blah. They won't let you and, do it yourself. Uh, no, and we decided then to do this in Germany, you know, since I had to go back anyways to do this apprenticeship or what do you call it? When you college and then the externship. Ex yeah, oh no, okay. Yeah. So how do you guys go from Miami to Texas? In a car. <laughs> no, we, we, we stayed for a year in, uh, in Cologne. Where I worked and Michael worked and you went to school to German school there and you know just hung out and having fun with your friends and whatever and yeah I got to work in yeah and then we went back to uh, to 
Miami for another year. And then that was before, uh, and then we left, or we had it all deci decided already to go back, uh, go here to to Austin. To, Thomas was uh, here. Thomas, because yeah. Thomas said here's a job, and you should come here yes. and make a family here. Something so, in that direction. So and then and he was married. Yeah. And and then then the hurricane Andrew hit, and we had already packed everything up in our little apartment on Normandy Isle. So we're on the beach, you know, we're uh, about a mile from the beach, 63rd. I don't know if you're familiar with Miami, but it's not South Beach, but close. Close, yeah. A bus ride away. And we, we rented the U-Haul and then stayed at Carroll's for, for, for the hurricane. Right after the hurricane, we packed it, you know, we just got the truck and left. And it was devastating looking at. It was unbelievable. The damage. They, oh, my God. And all the way. And then we hit it again when we hit Heidel. So right outside of New Orleans, coming into Texas, it hit there right before we got there. And it was um, it was something. We never left. We moved here. And within a year, we... David was born. David was born. And we had moved. Then we moved here. To this house we're in now. We are in this house now uh, 25 years. Wow. So, okay. How was it adjusting to having kids? There was no problem. There was no adjusting, really. I mean, we... Uh, it was the next step. Yeah. No, I mean, I think when David was like a little bit over two, two years or, you know, around two years, we decided to have another one. So, and, and here we are, two grown boys. <laughs> One in, in Cologne and with his engineering degree, going for mechanical masters and something, he's going to work at Rolex. Or nah, and the, that's, that's a, that is a thought. He's yeah. going to do getting a, that's an apprenticeship for three yeah. years. He thought he may can just, you know, to learn the language and, you know, do something with his hands. He thought, you know, since with this, going to college is going to be not so easy as we thought. So maybe he can do this first, just hanging out. And just, so your kids have dual citizenship. Yes, that we did right away. Yeah. So, yes. What, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that the two of you have faced together? I think for me, the challenge is that he has his own timeline, you know, that he says, I mean, really is, you know, he says, I'm going, I have to go to work in an hour or whatever, or in 20 minutes, and he's still there in three hours, after three hours. I mean, that's that's a big challenge. Or, yeah, or no we have it, no, yes. Or if we, you know, we are supposed to be somewhere, I gave gave up on that uh, as of being on time. That, but that's me. I love being on time or a little I'm bit better early. Uh, now. <laughs> I am better. I'm closer. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know what? It is a matter of understanding. Again, it's like wearing a mask. You're protecting other people, not just yourself. The time, you know what? It sometimes it hits you in different ways. Like the time. Well, I'm being inconsiderate of other people's time because we say we're going to be somewhere and we're not. What it took me till I'm about sixty years old before I. <laughs> Like something hit me and I'm going, wow. Right? And it was pretty recent. Yeah. 
Um, that I'm trying to be on time. I'm still never going to wear a watch. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's why David wants to work for Rolex. Oh, <laughs> Al Moritz. Oh, Moritz. Sorry. That's the funny thing. Moritz is not like me. At no. All. So that's the funny thing. It is. I really think David is like like Michael. You know, like no, no, no. You know, yes, it's time. He's you know, you know, easier going. Where David Moritz is more just like me, you know, like, you know, I do this. I'm saying I'm doing this. I'm doing it at this time. Yeah. What it would be another challenge what we're having? It's funny when, when you ask it, it's hard to think about where, but if you're by yourself, you're thinking like, thanks, why are I here from Tatim? I hope not. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Just being able to compromise and not feeling, you know, like... I know that Stephanie says, I always get my way because I am <laughs> as persistent about something that I want yeah, because, over and over and yeah. over. And you know where I saw that is I have a friend that does it to me. Who's this? Sir? JW. Oh, yeah. No, and but I'm I, going, oh, yeah. my God, this is insane. Yeah. And, and then so I'm going, OK, so this is another thing that, you know what, it would be great. I can't blame anybody for any of my shortcomings. That's yeah. for sure. No, but, but just to see the fact that there, you know, the compromising was never a problem. If you, no, that's true. Yeah, the compromising. Yeah, we just, you know, do it. You know, look, I've never been on a on a motorbike because I told my mom I wouldn't. She said she's never gonna die. So uh, I never yeah, yeah, have a chance to be on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> but that's utopic thinking. Yeah, that's but, a big thing it, but anyways, I mean, there are, you know, things that... And I think it's still once in a while, also the language. I mean, okay, now I'm pretty good in it, for sure. But at the beginning, for sure, was the language, even if it didn't really feel like it. Because, I mean, if you... I asked a friend of mine, you know, if... If she had trouble at the beginning understanding me, she's like, yeah. <laughs> and you always would say, okay, no problem. So the language barrier in the beginning was maybe a little bit of a challenge. How about any cultural, like shifting the culture? Was there any cultural challenges that you guys ran into? Hey, when a, when a Jewish guy, divorced Jewish guy goes to live in Germany, I'm the first one in my family that yeah, went to, to about- well, I know, but went to Germany. Wow. And after I went there now, some cousins started doing business there again, you know, like, oh, you're not dead, you know. So I met her older sister, Minna, and she goes, you know, like, there's crazy stuff. So what's it feel like to be Jew? Like, that's, that's, what the, that's what, one yeah. of the first things she yeah. asked you. Yeah. But she is a filmmaker and makes movies, so... Yeah, but she was new then. She just got through coming. She just came back from Australia. When yeah, I met but, her. you know, she's... But, you know, like, asked. what's cool is that her whole family, Stephanie's family, is great. And then all the dudes that they married into or people, everyone is, like, I'm, I'm going to say normal, whatever normal is. <laughs> is there a, you know, we're not normal here, I think. And my family... Yeah, I didn't realize. I mean, it's not just my family. All the Italian families that I knew that in Highwood, Highland Park, in Jewish 
more they were a little snobbier. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. why I didn't want to stay up there. I wanted to be free of all that stuff. And it doesn't make a difference where you go. In Germany, it's the same. In the same thing, you know, the same kind of the people that are up front in church are the same people that are up front in church here. Right. Right. You know, I mean, just this is how it is. I don't know how it would be in a mosque at all because I'm, I have never really participated. But in churches, three or four different kinds of churches, same thing. Stephanie, did you have a different religious background? Yeah, I'm Catholic and he's Jewish. So, I mean, this is, I mean, uh, I mean, holidays and stuff. I mean, the kids had good. They had Hanukkah and they had Christmas. And I would say that they know about it mostly because I made sure that they understand, you know, Hanukkah is not just presents. I mean, there's something behind it. It's, you know. That's what I would say. I mean, we never, I tried a couple of years when they were smaller to go to church. I mean, we don't, I don't go to church just for Christmas <laughs> because the decoration is nice and stuff. But Michael never went with me. So, I mean, you know. Well, was a- that ever uh, an issue for your family that Michael was a different religious background? No, I wouldn't say so. No, I don't think so. Not my, no, not, not my, uh, not in my family either. And Stephanie's older brother, Christian, married a German, but she's Israeli. Yeah, I think Jew. Yes. Stephanie, can you share about your experience with menopause? Ah! Since you started, I love the topic, the title of your Facebook group. Isn't it? I thought, you know what, I I, uh, I think it's, it's, I started this, not that they're, I mean, I'm sharing mostly, but that's fine. You know, when I feel That's like saying summer. something, you know, feeling. No, I mean, menopause is tough, 100%. You're really looking at your relationship, too, as of. And he doesn't know anything yet, but it's coming. <laughs> that you're constantly hot, and then you're cold and hot. And I mean, I'm keeping it pretty good emotionally so. together. But I think that has also something to do that, that you know, you anxious, but I'm taking something for that. But I'm taking this off because I need to know what the real me at this time is. You know, I have, you know, at school, a lot of stress and that doesn't work well. Then I don't, you know, I have problems with my thyroid. I don't have a thyroid anymore. So I never know. See, that's the funny thing is because I thought, if when my thyroid medicine is off and beforehand, I always thought if this is menopause, I can only say better watch out because <laughs> it is very, very difficult to keep yourself back because you, on the other side, you just want to, you know, tell everybody off because, or you're emotional or whatever. And, and I'm, you know, this, this, this quarantine where we all have to do, I think this is a perfect time, actually, for me to get off all this medication, whatever, you know, the calm down and also the, which helps you with the heart flashes, to just really finding myself as of what I want, how I feel. I want to open this up. I want to see this, what it is, because it's, it's, it's stressful. It's a lot of stress. I mean, I... You know, I had a, a hysterectomy, like, what is it, 20, 
15, 20 years ago. So, I mean, there's not even the question about, you know, with the periods and stuff. It really changes your thinking. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yes. Everything comes up for healing. That's why I like you call your group Boiling Women. (laughs) 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 Just hilarious. And that, you know, that's what I've been feeling too. Like it just all boils up, you know. (laughs) Boiling, but it's boiling here. Boiling, you know. With the sweating mm-hmm. and stuff, and I really, I do, I believe it's di- difficult for men to understand that, you know, because I mean, I last weekend or whatever, Michael and I went for a walk, and I asked him, so have you ever really thought about, you know, the the what? But with men, they always say midlife crisis, right? I mean, it's it's just was this a big thing thing for you, or no? Are you like, you know? You said you don't think you had that. Now, yeah, ask me. I would think, yes, you did. But <laughs> because, I mean, they do think men get maybe crazy things. And you had that around your 50s, I would say. There's definitely a, a huge shift that happens for couples later on, you know, right around the, the we're empty nesters, you know, right around this this time. Right. And, you know, whether it be physical as far as like the physical symptoms of menopause or emotional yeah. and mental, you know, like yeah. the midlife crisis for men, I, I think, you know, I, I know for myself, you, you kind of take a look at the past and you take a look at the future or what you thought the future was going to be. And now you start to think about, well, what do you really want? Right. And instead of trying to live life for other people and other expectations, now it's, you know, what do I want for my life? And what do I, what am I going to put my energy towards? Isn't that what, when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, isn't that what, how we were then? What? What? And before we got married, before we had a relationship with what? anyone? Yeah, I think you you have the, right me right. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think at that time it's more like a fantasy. You know? It's no. it's you know what it's not it's a different me. Yeah, it's of course it is. You you're, know? you're now fifty five instead of fifteen. Yes, but you have a lot of experiences behind you, and yeah. But I think it's it's a different for sure. It's going to be a, naturally a different challenge. Because now you're going to have to uh, work with and against, I hope more with, but, you know, all the things what you have built up also during the whole marriage. Because now you, you're, you know, for, for me, I would say, you know, you during this whole time, you paid attention to, to the children. You paid attention very much to the husband, too. And that's, and I remember, you know, when I lived with my mother, my father died when we were 17 and I lived with her. And what I want to, for me, is the thing, what I do is Michael makes one noise and I go, oh, what's, what's, are you okay? Or what are you doing? "Mm, This is tough because I did this with my mother too. You know, every time she just... You know, okay, it was a hard time for her too because you know she lost her husband, her husband of thirty three. I think they were married thirty three years. But I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I think that's a way that we're designed. Stop, stop! Just my always, you know. I need you know, not that I need to know because you know, it's more like there's a noise and you have to check on. 
how are you doing? And there's, it's clear, nothing is, is happening, but you know, it's just... It's that maternal and, instinct. Yes. I think it becomes a more pronounced, like you just kind of did it automatically until menopause and then you hit menopause and it becomes very irritating that you're so constantly distracted by out there, you know, right? and you yes. don't want it. You want to get to know you and not be so worried about what someone else is doing. Right. And that's, I'm very focused on that anyways. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just, you know, start t- getting to the point where I want to do something for myself. That is, you know, the workout, going to work out, you know, and I don't want to wait for anybody anymore because that drives me nuts. So that that is just, I don't want to do that anymore. There's a Jungian concept called the the morning of life and the afternoon of life. I don't know if you want to explain it. So the morning of life is our domestication, everything we've learned. And some people never get out of the morning of life. They never grow beyond their domestication, what they've learned, who they were told to be. But some people go through a shift and it can happen at any age. It can happen because maybe you go, go through a loss or menopause, or an illness, or something, and you get into this afternoon of life, and the afternoon of life is what you want, and and you becoming the creator of your life. And they say that what's true in the morning of life is no longer true in the afternoon of life, and what's true in the afternoon of life was not true in the morning of life. You know, so in the morning of life, you're taught to hold someone's hand across the street, right? What? But in the afternoon of life, you don't go find someone's hand because that's inside of you, you know, what? what what you didn't have back then. And so have you found that type of a shift? I, I am going over the bridge, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, how has that impacted your guys' relationship? Right now, not, not yet. Like I said, we are at the beginning of the bridge and you have to be brave. I, I think that's, that has something to do with braveness because... It will shift the relationship. And I, there I would just say that is, and I think it will, will go through this well. I mean, like I said, keeping all this still to myself, that's what's happening right now. Because, I mean, that's, and that's one reason why I didn't want to go to Germany this summer, because I had planned. I mean, I'm uh, on, on this calm it down tablets and whatever. And I had thought, you know, I need to find this the right way. And if it comes with a storm, then we just will have to ride it out together. Even if he doesn't know about it yet. (laughs) Is is this coming as a surprise to you right now, Michael? A little bit here or there. I mean, it's, you know, that's the thing. I, not, no, I, I, he knows that. I mean, I'm paying, obviously, being in this. Locked up together, you know, we're not really, but being at home a lot, you feel stuff, but we still have our alone time and I have a business to run, you know, uh, you know, like an escape. I need to, you know, she needs her time. I need my, we've yeah, always but been that's able not to easy for, e- for you either, because I mean, I have to do uh, this online trainings, you know, where, where I show the school district that I'm still doing something at home and it's not easy because he likes to talk. Right. So, and that's a new thing too, that I, you know, that you, Oh yeah, you have to go to, to, you know, in your room now to do your thing. 
And so that's a new thing for you too. Yeah. Because usually, you know, you go to work and then you come back and then spend some time. But now he has to learn or realize that I have to have my own time. You cannot come and talk to me because I'm supposed to pay attention to what I'm doing there. Right? Yeah, every couple is kind of adjusting to this in a, in a very unique and different way because our our routines are all disrupted. And so yes. couples are spending more time with each other. And for those that weren't spending a lot of time before, it is a little awkward and it's it's hard for them to adjust to it, right? And just our, our work schedules have completely changed. Right. Except for you guys. <laughs> it our work schedules have have changed you know also just in the way that like when we are we're doing a lot of virtual sessions so we first started with this lockdown doing virtual sessions from from home and i we found that to be pretty draining because you would get up and you would go and put a di- you know load of dishes in the dishwasher and then you come back <laughs> and you go to work and then you figure out you know what you're going to eat and you know and so there's this blending of home life and work life and we didn't have the commute you know when you have a commute then you you kind of put on your work hat and then when you commute back home you take your work hat off you know and so there's this distinction between work and home and I think that's a, a lot of people are are experiencing that that blending and so it becomes a lot more a longer day and they feel a lot no, more stress. I would say so too. And I find the day so short. I mean it's for me, you know, that there isn't enough time in the day still. I wish it was longer. Yeah, because you have your own timeline because you move <laughs> here a little bit there and a little bit there. I bet a little you bit there. Is, it's you know, a lot I mean, of that's, that's my Yeah, but my mother said the same thing when she visited you know, Michael starts here a little bit and then starts here a little bit, there a little bit, there a little bit, you know, and then at the end, yes, somewhere it's going to be all finished. But he's just a, a bouncy ball, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Then he says he's finished or he wants to go somewhere. Oh, no, no, no. He comes. Up. I mean, I talked to my friend yesterday and I said, uh, he, Michael is going to work. I usually when he leaves and I cl- lock the door in the front, but. I think you came back three times because he forgot something. <laughs> you know, he goes out of the house, sits in the car, realize, oh, I'm, I don't have my keys. You know, stuff like this. I can tell you exactly. It takes at least two, three times before I can lock the door and make sure that I'm safe in the house. Yeah. It's interesting what you were saying about, you know, keeping things to yourself and not talking about it. I find myself doing the same thing. Whereas I was sharing a lot more before, it, it kind of gets, you don't want to share because it's, it's you you want your own feelings and your own process of things. And so if he's doing this and this and you were like, what, what, what? That I can see how that would drive you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and now you can just yeah. focus more on yourself. Oh, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Each other. Understand. I mean, it was great for a while. We got to go. Thomas was staying here outside and we would go play pool a lot to get out of the house. So that was something. Being on a schedule, which I'm not, you know, like I fix stuff. So I go to all three stores and see what's messed up and make sure that to keep that train coming. It's uh, a lot of pieces 
to try and get all this organized. But we do have some really good help, or I do, or, you know, at least I advise anyways. So it makes it a little bit easier where I don't have to be there. I'm, you know, like, I'm not going to stand there with 15, 20 year olds. There's just no way. I don't want to get sick. I mean, even if they're all masked and, you know, just the fear of there is something that I don't really feel, but I do. It's, it's always on my mind getting, you know, getting in the car, washing my hands off with sanitizer, taking the mask off by this. This is all new. How, how do you guys approach conflict in your relationship? Oh, it, it explodes and then it's okay. I mean, conflict. You know, it's, it's coming up and then it's going away. We talk about say. it most okay. of the time. When I talk, you know, it's like I said, it explodes. You know, you get upset with each other and then then you just have to keep each other, you know, stay away from a little bit and then it's going to be okay. I mean, it's it's not a law. I would not, what do you call that? Um, no grudge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. None of that. So it, it resolves quickly for, for the two of you. Yeah. yeah. How is your yeah. relationship similar or different from your parents? My dad, yeah. <laughs> Was happening damn was it to tune? Because my mom yells. The relation you you everybody yells at your family. I mean that's that's another thing I realized. It, I, you know, and they it was not look. just me. My mother would have said the same thing. Why are they yelling each at each other? And you know, when I, my English wasn't good yet, I'm thinking they're not talking, they're just yelling. But that's just the way it is. Because when you they talk and talk and it gets louder and louder and louder and louder and I'm right with it now too, you know that my when I go to Germany that people say, "Do you know your voice?" Like yeah, but that's just the way it is. You know you adjust to what's going on. But what is this is a different? No, my think about the question he just. My parents is our relationship similar or different from our parents i mean i don't know i mean i only know your mom i never met that's true yeah but you talk about your your family your parents my parents are i don't know they were easily neither one of them went to college but they're both highly educated they read the they read everything they are able to get along with people i think better than me without a doubt i mean my dad is very diplomatic, but you know the way that they get along with each other. You know they they do the resolve conflict thing. They'll yell, and then it's normal after that. And even still, I would say, I mean, just listening to them talk with you guys, they did it five times. <laughs> <laughs> you guys talked five times with them. No, already? no, 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 no. They during the time that they talked. What? They, they, they bicker. Yell at each other. Oh, okay. All right. That's and 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 to the outside, wow! Look at this. They're crazy. How are they? Oh, they're still. Crazy. How they still get along? But maybe that's just another way of doing it. I mean, it would. I don't know. You have to feel some warmth in that. You know that resolution. You know the how they resolve stuff. 
you know, it's not like they're going to call their friend for an opinion right then, but they do, you know, sometimes. I remember growing up, well, I'm going to call Marsha and get her opinion on this. And then, okay, and then Marvin will just shut up, you know, and capitulate, or he'll call Jerry or Bert or whoever. And yeah, I mean, I, re- you know, remember that kind of stuff. And they would always be fine at the end of the day. My parents, I mean, I was little, so I don't really remember ever them fighting. Their cor- but they, I think they more did this stand behind the doors when they t- took naps. They did Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays were nap time for them. You know, everyone, you know, they would take a nap. I guess then they would talk about that, or they they would take walks on 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 the weekends where they can discuss things. You know, my mother would would has has to, had the money under her. He would work, but he he was a very present man. This is autoritarian. Authoritarian. A, yeah, I mean, yeah. we knew that he's the head of the house. Let's say like this. Even uh, if if he would if he needed money, he would go to my mother's portemonnaie money thing, and uh, then would say, "Hey, I took twenty dollars." <laughs> you know, or before they they went out for dinner, you know, he because naturally he would like likes to be the one who pays for things, right? But that he would just go and get the money from my mother <laughs> out of her thing. But, I mean, definitely grew up in two a family with ten people, and my family with two. Food was never an issue. For us, it never was an issue with no. our. I mean, you just tried to get as fast as as yeah, much as possible. That's what I mean. There wasn't any of that. There was like uh, that was something I learned when I went there. I was watching their family eat together. You know, they would pass. It was all family style, sort yeah. of. You were the last one in line, and there's only one piece left. That's it. Everyone right. else got three or four. But being polite, it's yeah. not not grabbing or no. anything. No, 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 no. no, no. Well, I mean, Musical growing up, growing up, uh, we were allowed to have two pieces of fruit a day. And if you were, you know, unlucky, you may just got one or none because somebody else ate your part. I've, I've heard Jean tell stories about that, too. Or, or hiding your fruit. You know, you, eat, you go and get an apple or whatever. And then you taking the second one and try to hide it. You know, there's not many places to hide it in the cupboard or whatever. So that's 20 pieces of fruit a day. Huh? 20 pieces of fruit a day per person. Like for all all you guys. That's a lot of fruit. So yeah, yeah. So, but you know. So, uh, two pieces. So this is, yeah, each of us yeah. are allowed to have two like pieces. two apples. Yeah, so 10 people times yeah. two. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 pieces and, of fruit a day. That's yeah. a lot. Well, I mean, you have to think about what my mother would go shopping pretty much every day, you know, for the, go to Costco. That's, that is a one day deal kind of, I mean, you know, plus minus whatever. Yes. Yeah, it does. It it affects your eating. It's an interesting thing. We had a lazy Susan in the middle of our table Yeah. and my mom would put all the food in there and then we'd pray and you're eyeballing as you're praying and then it spins. And if you don't grab... No, but the funny thing or the lucky thing is with us, we had this big table and we were, the little ones, 
my tw twin sister and I would sit next to each other, you know, mom on the head of the table, then the little ones, so Ola and I were sitting there. So we got one of the first, we got some. Then my father, and then it went around whoever was there. So if you are at the end of the line, you are always getting the scraps. <laughs> and what my, my older sister would say is if it, if it was her turn to, uh, you know, serve herself, she said, I'm, and she still does that, that she made sure that she took enough and right the first time that she has enough food because there's seldom that you get a second round. So her plate was always then big, you know, and I think pretty much everybody did that. So last question, what is it that your partner does that you know they love you? I mean, cooking for sure. You know, I mean, I love when he washes my hair. Yeah, what else? Clean. I don't know. Take care of stuff. You know, I mean, stuff that we, you know, like we pay our bills. You know, everything is set, like set to automatic. Yeah. No, but I mean, what, I mean, what the question is, what is, what do I do? What shows you that I love you? That is what oh. the question is. Oh, I thought we were. Uh... That's not so easy because everything you're thinking it's everything is so. Uh, uh, um, well, I mean, like it should happen or whatever. But what does it tells you that? Well, that you appreciate. You always say thank you for everything that I do for you. Yeah, and that makes you feel loved. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, no, no, that's. Yeah, no. I mean, the cooking for sure. Then you bring me uh, flowers. I like that. Oh, crazy presents sometimes, you know, even funny presents. I love out of the frame presents. What, what is the best dish that he's cooked you? Best dish? That is difficult because I pretty much eat any, anything. But I can tell you what he first dish he cooked for me ever was this chicken with the cheese inside. I don't even know what's it called, but chicken Kiev. Ah, so I remember that. And that's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Michael and Stephanie, I want to thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you for letting us talk too. Yeah, thanks. And it was fun. I, I enjoy that you asked about the menopause because I think out there, out there, ladies, it's tough. Yeah, it is. And you need to open up and let you guys know what's going on because that's the, the problem also. That we women then not open up. We just eat it all in and trying to keep it all calm and whatever. And that uh, is very hard on ourselves. And now it comes boiling out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Pre in and out me thing. Yes. <laughs> That's right. The boiling oils. <laughs> <laughs> we want to wholeheartedly thank you both. And also for uh, thank all of our listeners for joining us today on Couples Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. Sharing stories has been happening since the beginning of time to learn, to heal, to grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your life and the lives of our listeners. 
For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. More information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive that's scheduled for this October, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.